Yo, welcome to the Meeting 3 Leadership Podcast. If it's your first time to the table, welcome, welcome. Glad that you decided to join us. Pull up a seat, grab a plate, and make yourself at home. And I hope you brought your appetite because you know how we do it in the Carolinas. We eat good round here. The investment is doable and the portions are generous. So if you leave hungry, that's on you. Episode 10. Man, it's crazy. We're in the double digits, man. Thank you so much for everybody who's been rocking with me um, on this journey. It's been fun. I've I've learned a lot, um, not just from how to do the conversations and the podcasts and the questions and things like that, but just uh, along this journey of interviewing people, um, I've learned um, a lot to be able to apply within my own life. I've learned a lot to be able to pass on to future guests and future groups that I speak to, that I share with, that I just have lunch or dinner with. It's been incredible. And another notch in the belt of great guests on the podcast, I am pleased to welcome uh, a good friend of mine. Um, He is working at Clemson University in Media. He's the associate director of creative media for Clemson Athletics, and he's also a professor um, in digital media for Clemson University. Uh, the one and only Jeff Callen. So I want to introduce everybody to my good friend Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Man, really glad that you were able to fit me into your busy schedule. I know August is a busy time for you. It's, it's a busy time, but like, man, when I get that text message from you and I see that name light up on the screen, like we got to make something work. So it means a lot. It means yeah. a lot. Well, as customary with the meeting three podcast, I've got to ask, uh, do you remember the first time we met? So I'll give you this. I, I don't remember exactly the first time we met, although I do remember um, one of the first circumstances in which we had sort of like a long discussion. And I think it was. Um, just after you had graduated, and I think you were working with FCA, and I think um, you and I spent a long afternoon. You had come by the office to speak mm-hmm. with Nick and, and kind of just to pick our brains a little mm-hmm. bit, at least from what I'm remembering. Yep. And you and I spent a long time talking about career goals, the mm-hmm. initiatives that you were that you were building, and mm-hmm. how you were learning and trying to become uh, and applying a lot of the skills that you already had mm-hmm. for a higher purpose, basically. And I think that was. At least that's what stands out to me. I hope you're not about to to bounce me with something totally different. No, no, it's been it's been really cool. Um, you know, like you said, I, I I'm sure I'm very positive we met just being around Clemson athletics, you being around basketball, um, and I'd love to talk about that transition here in a second um, of how you got here from where I first met you, but. Um, you know, I can remember coming and picking your brain and I watching from afar, you know, being an Eclipsing alumni and just seeing all the work that y'all were doing was really cool. Um, you know, it was starting to just break ground and be innovative, you know, within the college athletic space. Um, but I also kind of saw the big wide open area within what I was doing for FCA. And um, I think that conversation probably happened about three years ago and just to look back and see. Uh, where FCA has come just from our conversations. I'm I'm very appreciative of you taking the time to do that. Um, And then obviously you continuing, you know, to build that relationship and to grow and continue to find ways to reinvent yourself here in your role here. So 
I have to ask, you know, how did you uh, get to the point where you were serving in a creative role at Clemson? Because that's not how you started uh, here at Clemson. No, it's not. And and before I before I hit that, I do want to make sure that I uh, point out that your transition is actually the way more interesting one because <laughs> I remember. Like, even though we hadn't met at the time, like, I remember you literally jumping out of the roof of mm-hmm. Little John Coliseum and mm-hmm. dunking through everything that, that was in your path. <laughs> um, and obviously being able to follow your career as a globetrotter, like, mm-hmm. and, and your transition of being able to take that into something, again, with a, with a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be remiss if I, if I didn't uh, at least mention that because, um, you know, that was always a treat for me to see, like, you were one of those guys that were watching and were like, what is this guy going to do tonight? Mm-hmm. Um and so, um, so to your question about sort of the, the creative evolution and how I've gotten started in this is um, I did a sport management undergrad. It was something that allowed me to work with the basketball team, but it also exposed me. Um, and I worked as a, as a hydration specialist and, and made sure that uh, everybody's like underwear was clean and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but that kind of exposed me to the to the side of athletics that a lot of people don't see. So a lot of people uh, will see the players and the coaches, but don't realize kind of the machine behind it. And that mm-hmm. was one of my first um, peaks inside of basically what it was like. And I got to know Tim Beret a little bit uh, just from being on road trips. I used to travel with the team for for all the road games and mm-hmm. um, got a little bit of a feel for what he for what he does and I would think back to it now and I'm like man I used to sit back with like baseball books and baseball cards and memorize stats and try to you know come up with different things um, about how things were related and I never thought about it as a career and then Mm. um, I did an internship with the Philadelphia 76ers between my junior and senior year of college Mm. I totally lucked into this position like (laughs) it was it's one of those things that I look back on and I'm like I don't even know how that was it was like my high school soccer coaches uh, daughter was the director of communications, Karen Frascona at the mm-hmm. time, and um, and basically sight unseen, she you know she took me on for the 76ers. I did a summer there, uh, and that was my first jump into communications. And um, uh, about the time that I graduated in 2007, I approached Tim Beret about a graduate assistantship that he had open and what that, uh, for anybody that's not familiar, I mean, I guess that is a way that you can get a graduate degree and also mm-hmm. work full time. So you get the experience and you get the master's degree and a master's degree was always something I had wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really thought about the creative side of it, but, um, the information layout and how do you take a complex bit of information and communicate it quickly was something that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And so, uh, that's what creativity is in a mm-hmm. lot of ways is it's taking complex ideas, whether it's from your brain or a box score or from mm-hmm. a picture or from whatever, and um, transforming it into something that people can connect with. And so that was something that um, always resonated with me. And so I actually started picking up Photoshop in graduate school. It was the mm-hmm. first time I had picked up a creative tool and mm-hmm. uh, picked up InDesign and started fooling with it, watching tutorials. I'm, I'm pretty self-taught in all mm-hmm. that stuff. I didn't take any classes, no formal training. Uh, and I found a lot of wrong ways to do things, mm-hmm. basically. I look back at some of the stuff now, and I, I, um, I cringe a good bit. But I think it's like anything. When you're first starting um, something, if you can kind of get through the frustrations of, of learning the tool and learning the, the object of what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. I think that totally opens you up. And I see a lot of people that either start into it or don't go all the way full into it. They'll, they'll get part of the way there, but then they're like, nah, and they back off, and they might be, 
you know, on the cusp of something really good. So that's how I got started yeah. into it, and that evolved. Um, I, I was doing PR basically for a couple mm-hmm. of the sports teams. It evolved into a full-time creative role where I was doing some of the design for the department, and then we actually recently, within the last, uh, really within the last couple of months, have formed our own department. Mm-hmm. It's called the Creative Solutions Department, headed by Jonathan Gant. And, uh, I'm really excited to be able to work along uh, Nick Conklin, who's mm-hmm. our cinematographer, Mark Majewski, who just came to us from Boston College and is one of like the brightest people you will meet, incredibly mm-hmm. talented. Uh, and, and, you know, my, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then my, you know, it's, it's really cool for me to be able to get around these guys every single day mm-hmm. and bounce ideas off the wall and, and be in an environment where creativity is fostered. And I definitely credit our leadership with that because. Mm-hmm. We overhauled our communications department about five years ago, and, and it became a department where instead of throwing stuff out uh, and hoping other people would tell our story, that we really wanted to take it in. And I know that was something that you and I had talked a lot about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so with that, you know, with that change and the vision of Dan Radakovich and Tim Match and, and Joe Galbraith um, as our director of communications, like we were really able to, to take those steps and, mm-hmm. and build out something that's become really cool. So, and, and you know, I definitely enjoyed everything you just said, but I think a couple of things that I definitely wanted to circle back on and kind of get you to elaborate more on. Um, I definitely think from a creative standpoint, you know, when you have the environment, when you kind of nurture the environment that breeds creativity, you know, when you put a bunch of creatives in a room and you, you know, have not even necessarily like go do something, but it's like, hey, what can be done, you know, and you just kind of leave it open-ended and you get all these different answers and different perspectives of how you see that how does how might somebody build that um environment if they have the passion to be creative because it sounded like you had that passion for years but the environment just wasn't there so how do you kind of go about i think some of it's channeling it um one notion that i I definitely want to challenge and I, i i encourage anybody that i'm around is like everybody's creative mm-hmm. Everybody has I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah, everybody is creative. Like everybody, whether it's problem solving at your house and mm-hmm. how do I get my laundry from the washer to the dryer without dropping mm-hmm. something. Like we're all coming up with things mm-hmm. all the time to be creative. And so, um, an environment that that supports creativity or anybody looking to start an environment like that is creating an environment where it's okay to fail a lot, mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with not getting stuff right. And mm-hmm. you know from not only your professional endeavors, but, you know, um, part of what brought you to Clemson with basketball, like, mm-hmm. you got to be willing to miss a lot of shots in order mm-hmm. to, to make some shots. Oh, yeah. And um, you got to be willing to practice. you got to be willing to put the time in. And mm-hmm. I think creativity or really any skill is, is like that. I do think that there are people that have generally better ideas than sure, others. Sure. But I think it's always important for everybody to feel that they have a voice mm-hmm. and I've I've found in some of it that it gets it to be one thing that helps it to be successful is by giving almost like bumper lanes mm-hmm. of not just saying like oh hey here's this wide open area yeah. to run in mm-hmm. it's let's define the areas that we're trying to work within what are our parameters and then let's try to be creative within that mm-hmm. now oh, we yeah. do have some stuff where we're just like yeah let's just throw it off the wall and see what we get but more often than not you need that structured concept and sometimes like even when we look at a blank you know a a blank board or whatever it's like 
Yeah, it's open, but if you think about it, like, you know the parameters. You know you have, let's say, 60 seconds. You know it needs to be about one certain sport. You know who the good players uh, that you want to feature are. You, like, so you kind of have these parameters, and you just have to go about defining them and, and picking uh, and, and making a decision off that. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree. You know, you referenced, you know, my time with Globe Charter is one of the things that they – want to make sure that you can do like the tryout was making sure you can play basketball it's kind of it's kind of like you we can teach you all these different tricks but like you got to get foundation you got to get you know have a structure to be able to freestyle from and do all that i always say that uh freestyle follows fundamentals you know if you can have a form if you can have a um structure or a um something to be able to look back on and say okay we're doing it differently, not just for the sake of doing it differently. Like it's to where nobody can even understand what this is, but it is, you know, innovating, you know, innovating, you know, in some way, shape or form usually comes with a little bit of imitation, but it's, you know, like you said, not, you know, I guess quenching the voice that you have, you know, it's not always going to be, um, you know, cookie cutter, you know, like, all right, I'm just going to follow A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, it might be A, G, C, D, but it's still within the guidelines. Yeah, and that's where, like, and I think you mentioned the word structure, which is, I think, a really good way, like the structured creativity of it, mm-hmm. of, of, yeah, we're being creative, but it's within um, it's within this area, and, and the examples that you brought up, obviously, are, are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That's one of those things, like, that I hear sometime, and there and there are two things that are always at odds, and, and definitely tell me what you think about this. Mm-hmm. But there's there's these two ideas that are at odds of if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then on the other side of that is we're not going to do it just because we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like they're kind of at odds, right? Because there's some things that like, hey, there is actually a reason that we do it this way, even though we've always done it this way. It's because right. we've tried a lot of wrong ways. Right. And so like. There are some places where actually you should do it the way that it has been done mm-hmm. because there's a reason that it's done that way and you're a lot of times not the first person to do it. We should still evaluate it regularly. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we have to be okay with saying like, yeah, that's probably a good way of doing it and then focus our energy on things that do need the space to innovate. Mm-hmm. I think uh, <laughs> exactly to your point, um, when you think about it though, you know, I think when you hear somebody say, oh, that's just how we've always been done or how it's always been done. My next question usually is, but why do you exactly. know why? Right. You know, and if you can't define that why, then it might be time to at least consider that maybe there is either a better way that it can be done, a different way that it can be done, not just for the sake of changing it, but for clarifying the why, you know. Well, and that's one of the things, too, of like e- even even being a father now and and my son's not even two yet, but like explaining to him things like if I just tell him something and we, we all know, mm-hmm. we all have memories from, you know, why? Well, because, mm-hmm. because I said so. <laughs> right. And like, we would always challenge that because I said so notion, mm-hmm. but also it's like you grow up and you're like, Oh, that's why they said that. Like, because they know that that was a bad idea. Like they didn't need me to try that idea to know that that was a bad idea. Right. Um, that I, you know, that I shouldn't be, uh, you know, doing a handstand off the side of a chair. Like I shouldn't be doing, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's a very bad idea. Risk way out. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, in that learning process is kind of where the, where the fun is. So for you having, you know, a group of students, you know, that kind of are 
and task force, if you will, special task force in a lot of these creative endeavors, how do you um, direct them um, without micromanaging them? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, I, sometimes I have to micromanage. No, uh, sure. So I, I think there's sometimes, and, and I was thinking about an instance as, you know, as we were preparing for this of, it's always, if a student makes a mistake, this mm. is kind of an accountability thing. Yeah. It's always my fault. Mm. And what I mean by that is it's one of two issues. One issue is that I either didn't hire correctly mm-hmm. and my vetting process wasn't good and it wasn't the right fit of a person. Or number two, I didn't explain the parameters well enough of what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, if I do those two things that I think I've done really well and then we're still having an issue, then that's kind of maybe when the micromanagement comes right. in and making sure that we're looking over the shoulder. But mm-hmm. most of the time, I'm one that's going to point the finger back at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I think as an instructor, as a teacher, as a parent, as whatever, like as somebody that is around other people, you have to be willing to take that responsibility. And I have to understand that maybe I have to be better about my hiring process or maybe I have to be better about from a day-to-day standpoint. How am I spending my time? Should I be doing more instructional? Uh, but ultimately, as, as a... It, I'll put it loosely, but ultimately, like when you move into leadership positions, mm-hmm. it's that ability to to know that, um, you know, you're the one that it stops at a lot of times, and, mm-hmm. and it's your responsibility, and we all have our different areas of things that need to get done, and yeah, I, I just, I think that's a key thing, and I see that a lot of, don't get me wrong, I get frustrated, I mean, working yeah. with students can be really difficult i mean hell you've been you've <laughs> yeah. been a student athlete before Absolutely. you've been a student before mm-hmm. um you know you, both my parents both my parents are high school teachers yep. so i've definitely heard stories upon stories yeah <laughs> you know and and you know especially around the house too mm-hmm. when you got to take instruction around the house yes. you know how that goes. <laughs> yes so i think um there's all these different these different areas and, and it's accountability thing and that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm always hard on myself about it mm-hmm. but um realizing that there's always something differently that I could do to better positively influence that change. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the the coolest thing that I'm starting to learn even as a leader, you know, um, still continuing growing as any leader would say they are. But I think one of the cool things about doing like this podcast and having various conversations with people is just realizing, um, you know, I think the, the guy is a Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a guy who's very, very much, um, you know, extreme ownership, you know, if it's, if there's an issue or if there's something, it's my fault, you know, it's definitely something that, um, you know, you kind of like what you said, you know, it was either something where I didn't put the person in the right position or I didn't train them well enough. And I think that's, that's huge, um, for a leader to be able to show that because then I think, um, when someone else becomes a leader, you know, in a different field or in a different um, environment, you know, they're still able to have that same mindset. And I think that's where you have growth. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you see growth. And credibility is so much different now, too. So it's like back in the day, um, <laughs> you know, if you you have people that are really well respected mm-hmm. because they've been doing things for a long time or because but now your your credibility is almost always 
um, out in the open, whether mm-hmm. it's on accounts, whether it's on keeping things current. Like your credibility is really important, and I find myself like, you know, even with classes that that I teach, um, of going in and trying to make sure like. I don't want to talk about myself a lot, mm-hmm. but I also have to make sure that they know that I know what I'm talking about right. and that I can explain the why. They might not always like the why, and maybe they can find a better why, but as a, as, as a leader or somebody just around other people, like you have to be willing to be wrong, and you have to be willing to be okay with being wrong and saying, like, oh, no, that's a better way or, or mm-hmm. encouraging people to find better ways. Again, uh, sort of finding that medium between, like, Telling them, hey, there's a reason we do this this way. It's because I've tried it all the ways that you're probably going to think of to not do it. But, you know, again, that's just like anything of like sometimes people just have to experience it for them for themselves uh, before they know that that that's the case. And so that's been one of those things is being able to do that. And then I think also building a genuine sense of appreciation but also knowledge for what people bring to your team so Mm -hmm. i always tell students that come on like i don't want you to design like me i don't want you to think Mm -hmm. like me i want you to think like you Mm -hmm. within our construct yeah i want you to bring what you can do like you're better than me at this particular skill you're better than me at this particular skill how can we use all of us together collectively to do something better and how can this person help this person a lot of peer learning um is something that i'm super enthusiastic about and um so I think those are just kind of different elements that go that go into it. Is and, and I think, it, like you said earlier, it kind of goes back to the fostering creativity and, mm-hmm. and creating an environment in there of like you have to be willing to let people be the expert in things sometimes, mm-hmm. and knowing that they're not going to do things exactly how you would do them. Right. But they're doing that learning process also. Let me ask you, since you've already mentioned it, is there like one specific example that you can think of of where if you would have done it, you would have done it differently but one of your students or somebody you were working beside completely took it in a different direction and you were like wow ended up way better than i could have thought honestly there's there's too many to count um (laughs) and i and i say that i say that with the greatest amount of sincerity Mm -hmm. one of one of the biggest um sources of pride we get is when our former students go on to Mm -hmm. to do these things and and we see where they land um i can think of a lot of examples um, one that was relatively recently mm-hmm. that I loved was a uh, former student of of ours, Natasha Baldwin, um, mm-hmm. got a job right out of school. So she graduated in December, went to go work for Turner Sports in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yep. And by February, she's doing the social content for the At March Madness handle, wow. which which are millions of followers. Right. Like we we had originally gotten together because she was actually working with men's basketball, doing mm-hmm. some kind of internal stuff. And um, and we brought her in with us and broadened it a little bit and, and sharpened it. And she was explaining to me, you know, she was taking, you could tell the stuff, or I could tell the stuff that she was doing because they had like a Clemson flair to it. Mm-hmm. And then she got to a point and she and I were texting about it and she just like flipped this switch at one point and then she just started coming up with the stuff that you could tell was like her personality. Like mm-hmm. she started finding what her voice was in all of it and that was one of the was one of the coolest things like the way that she was designing and the way that she was doing it mm-hmm. were things I would not have done and they were they were things that they weren't my style right but to be able to see her and this is just one example but of course to be able to see her develop that style has has been really really cool that's awesome well hey I really appreciate the time um just kind of wrapping up how can people get in touch with you social media anything like that yeah I mean they can 
you can at me, um, C-U Jeff Callen, J-E-F-F-K-A-L-L-I-N, uh, with a little C-U before it, but uh, email Callen at Clemson.edu. I mean, if they want to reach out to me, like really any way, yeah. like uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I, I don't know. There's a, there's yeah. a million ways. LinkedIn. Sure. Yeah. You know, Google Google it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's one of the that's one of the cool things, and not only with this medium, but a lot of what's going on right now is like p- being able to see that there's people behind every single thing. And yeah. we do a lot of looking at timelines and we do a lot of, um, it's really easy to criticize and it's really easy to tear somebody down. It's really easy to say, you know, to the previous point, like, well, I would have done this differently. Right. Um, it's really hard to understand what people's other people's lending factors are. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's that for person's first time using that program. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their athletic director or head coach walked into their office and said, nope, I want this particular thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know those limitations on them. And so um, I'd encourage anybody that's thinking about that to understand what other people's limiting factors are and try to get to the to the meat of what they're actually trying to accomplish. What were their parameters for that certain things? Because we all drive in different lanes. We all think, oh, it's creativity or, oh, mm-hmm. it's design or, oh, it's a video. But there's always different initiatives. We have different bosses. We have different yeah. uh, athletic directors. We have different coaches. We have uh, all these different clients. Mm-hmm. And um, just encouraging encouraging people that no matter what they're doing to understand what other people, uh, they, have, they may have different struggles or they may have different advantages that you don't have. And not letting, uh, not letting any of that kind of get to you, but also... Um, finding ways to lift other people up because this this community, a creative community in general, is it can be as supportive as it can be destructive, mm-hmm. and I see it both all the time. And you know, we'll put something out sometimes, and we could get a hundred, we can get a hundred likes, loves, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you start seeing like the one person that's like, oh well, I would have moved this to the left a little bit, and yeah. you're kind of like, oh okay, but that's the one that sticks with you, and that's human nature is right. is for that negative stuff to creep in, but being able to be confident in that and, mm-hmm. and know like even the bad stuff is still part of your growth process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, I really enjoyed this. We are definitely going to have to do this again. I wish the, wish the podcast was longer, but you know, keeping it short and sweet and you definitely gave a lot to chew on. I'm definitely going to run this back and, you know, check out a lot of things um, that you mentioned, but uh, I'm down. I know that you, Obviously, you're about to be very busy in football season, but end of the season, we'll do it again. I, I like. I think we can even do it before mm-hmm. that, during, in season. Okay. Um, you know, I teach a class. Would love to have you out okay. in class. I know we've kicked around the idea. Absolutely. Would, would absolutely like. I'm putting you on the the schedule <laughs> for this fall. Like it's yeah. happening. I, I um, love it. Let's do it because you know that's that's something that we need to do. Is we need to get more. We need to get more people from more backgrounds, from more life experiences around our young people to, to help them understand that with all this, there's not one path. It, there's, there's so many paths. Your path took you around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your path uh, was through, through basketball, through God, through mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of different, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different areas that bring us all to these, to these places and understanding that everybody's paths are different. So we've got to get you around the young people, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate you. you. One last thing before we go. Thank you so much again to Jeff Callen for that great interview. I am so thankful just to be able to share some time with him and for him to just come and pour his heart for the listeners on the podcast. Um, 
this is all the time we have for the Meet and Three Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please let me know. Um, send me a message. Uh, I am on social media, be nice 21 uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, pass the link along. Feel free to rate it, review it, so other people can learn about it. Um, Jeff left his information. Reach out to Jeff. Let him know what you thought of it. I'm just, I'm just really excited to, to continue to see this grow. Um, this is the first time that we've done an episode in the middle of the week. Um, so depending on whenever you're listening to it, the air, the episode actually was released on a Tuesday. So we're making progress. We're trying to grow and we're trying to get better. So um, very thankful for the opportunities that are ahead. And I truly do believe the best is yet to come. Stay tuned. Stay, keep rocking with us. Uh, come back next time. We'll have much more to share and much more for you to uh, intake as far as wisdom in the leadership realm. Take care and have a great week. Bye.